Purdy destroys comedy. We said it couldn't be done, but I said it could be done. And who said it couldn't be done? No one. No one said it couldn't be done. So I was replying to no one. Well, people have said things can't be done. They said it, but they didn't specify the the article. They didn't specify that this podcast couldn't be done. That's true. Because no one knows about this podcast. Mm. 130-something episodes now. That's a lot. It's too much. 130, that's two and a half years plus. Yeah, some would say it's too long. So now we're just cycling for guests we've had on before. (laughs) Just the repeats. Just all the best ones. Mm. And the leftovers. This is what I call a guest from the pre-pandemic era. Was it? Because... It must, yeah, it must have been, yeah. Because nothing's happened since then. Yeah, March 2020, I around then was the last time you were on. Oh, so maybe so the uh, pandemic's essentially my fault. I say the pandemic is essentially Claire Sullivan's fault. Right. Because she was the last guest before it was announced the comedy festival was cancelled that year. Right. And as we all know, that's when the pandemic truly started. That was my best ever comedy festival, financially speaking, 2020. Because I didn't have a show registered. I wasn't doing a show. And I wrote one article for The Age, which went live the night before it got cancelled. So I only just got paid. Uh, and that was my best year ever, monetarily speaking. Uh, this is not an age approved podcast (laughs) don't know if you've read what they've had to say about me no what have the age had to say oh couldn't recommend this less uh mostly toilet and bathroom humor Mm. mostly toilet masturbation humor Mm. he thinks he's some kind of anti-comedy anarchist poorly written so you can you can plug you can just pluck words out of that Anti-comedy anarchist. There you go. There's a review clipping. Yeah, I already did that. Yeah, poorly written. <laughs> Just change that to written. Just written. Just written. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, we're not an age-approved podcast here. Oh, okay. Well, my comedy is not age-approved. I should have put you in that article. It kind of would have been perfect. I didn't register a show that year. Oh. So now I can make it look like that it was the pandemic that... Yeah. Stop me, but I wasn't going to do a show anyway. Right. Yeah, because I, I actually had Claire in that article. Um, it was an article about absurdist stuff, absurdist comedy and the the growing rise of it. Yeah, and she did toast her and the next thing we know. And she caused a pandemic. She caused a pandemic by being the last guest on this podcast. Yeah, right. Thanks, Claire. And you might have been the second or third last guest. I don't remember. So, like, sincerely, thanks, Claire. Like, I actually got to spend heaps of time not at work on, like, two-thirds of my normal pay, which is cool. Fine by me. Hated that job. Hated working at the age? No, no, not the age. That was a freelancey thing. That was, like, a little... Look, I assumed it was a freelance gig. Mm. But yeah. for the purposes of this podcast. No, I like, I, I'm pretending it's... I liked writing for The Age. They paid well per word. Yeah, really? And they, they kind of let me uh, be a little bit wanky, like, which is what, you know, really what I want. I want... That explains the review I got. Lofty goals. I don't want dumb, you know, I don't want to do dumb articles. And they're like, look, I salute your lofty goals. Could you do it as a listicle? And I go, okay, that seems like a fair compromise. <laughs> That might explain, if I pay by the word, why my review just starts listing a bunch of comedians. 
Right. Yeah. Well, that's it. He's not as he thinks he's as smart as a a Jimmy Carr or a Stuart Lee or a or a, or a Tim Key or a, uh, he's not. Wow. Comedians I've never thought about while writing. That's uh, that's always fun when they just like. Sh- I've never been shat on as a comedian. Like I, you should try it. Obviously, only get universal praise. It's character building. Uh, uh, it's made me build this character of the balaclava. This the thing is, is there's that sweet spot though. Like you're you're Icarus in this situation where you got the age to review you, right? Whereas the reviewers I got were like working for free on like websites no one reads and they're just happy to have a free ticket and so they all just say nice things <laughs> you know what i mean like they they're there like they're, they're giving compliments in exchange for a ticket essentially they're the the reviews you can't trust yourself like you can't you, you know they say nice things and you're like yeah but you're just being mm. nice yeah mm. whereas that age like if they said something nice it would be like okay maybe Especially since they've shat on you now. If they say something nice, you can feel like you've earned it a little bit. Well, you know, it was some guy named Tyson. It's a shit name, isn't it? Look, it's not. It's not one I'd choose for one of my children. But. You kind of had a smirk of like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to wade through this territory. Well, like. This is the podcast Tyson, we... Tyson's not the worst name. It though, is. But I think, but I think like, sometimes I, I do see a person's name and I'm like, yeah, you can correct that. Like, you can just, you can just go and fill out a form and you can fix it. Like, you know what I mean? When, when someone's given you like a, like that, those mega misspelled names, it's like, that's just phonically incorrect. Hmm. You can correct that and probably get a better hit rate on your resume you know what i mean mm. <laughs> when you're applying for stuff or whatever like i don't know as a host it's my job to to agree oh good with everything my guest says and not question them oh cool so um i'll have a joe rogan effect the the joe <laughs> i mean, i've never never do you watch joe rogan or do you listen to it? i think it's both isn't it there's sort of both options i've never really well this podcast was originally called the joe rogan experience was it <laughs> How did Joe feel about that? Well, he sent me a cease and desist letter, and he'd, and that's when yeah, I pulled Ross Petty to throw his comedy out of my ass. Really, that's pretty great that you can get fan mail from Joe Rogan like that. Like he paid someone to track you down to rock, to send you a fan letter. That's pretty. I great. consider legal documents fan letters. Well, you know, it's all in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? It's you can. You can be like, yeah, that's a, you know, Joe Rogan wrote you a letter. Saying, don't use my name. Like, yeah. And your official intellectual property, because that is my intellectual well, property. Yeah, he doesn't like to have his name associated with intellectual property at all, I don't think. No, he loves Horster Wimmer. Like he's, he likes what? Horster Wimmer. Horse, oh, yeah, for the I have a, I have a COVID. Yeah, I, I forgot about that. Well, man, man is horse. It's the same. And COVID is just worms, isn't it? Look, ketamine's been working well for people for a long time. <laughs> you know, I think we need to bring in more, like, maybe horse mane conditioner for our hair. We could, we could use a whole range of horse products. So when they, people say they, they're going down like a K-hole, mm. That's ketamine. Yeah. And ketamine is for well, horse deworming. Therefore, no, yeah, people, for, pe- people horse. People are horses, yeah. It's people not, horse. It's not for worming the horses, but they do give ketamine to, d- to, to d- people d- as well. For d- deworming, sorry. It's not not for that either. It's it's for, uh, like, tranquilizing. To make them go faster. It's to make, it's to give you a, 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 make real, go a relaxing fast, time. <laughs> make them go faster into falling asleep. Yeah. Yeah. Faster into, into slowness. Make it less painful when I start whipping them. Mm. Yeah. So people horse. Yeah. Take ketamine. Mm-hmm. If people break leg. Yeah. Should I put them down? Look, I think. People horse. I think it depends. Luke. I think it depends where you are. Luke Leonard. Mm-hmm. I people think horse. People are, people <laughs> horse, definitely. But I think in the US, 
where medicine is a lot more expensive, I think there's more justification for putting down the broken leg boy. That is in their constitution. Like the right to bear arms and, and put down broken leg people. And you're free there. You, you're allowed to do things. Just general it's freedom. It's freedom. Yeah. Uh, but here, I think with, with our sort of socialized healthcare, I think you've got less justification for shooting someone with a broken leg. All right. So what you're saying is I need to move over to the grand old US of A. I'm not saying it can't be defended. I'm just saying you've got less, less justification. Luke Lennon, you've written for the age. <laughs> yeah. The age hate me. Mm. So what I need now is someone who can direct me mm. in such a way where a, the age can love me. Right. Okay. Is that you? I don't know. This is a job interview, isn't it? This is. It's kind of a job interview. I think I like to think of more as a job interrogation. I. It's like a family we waterboard. I think sometimes your shows are kind of like a paint splatter. Like, I don't know if they can. Can they be directed? <laughs> They're kind of in many directions all at once. Do you know what I mean? They're like, plah, all around. It's like a Jackson Pollock. Mm. Yeah. Um I think there's, I think, I, lo- I love your shows. <laughs> I really, I think they, they could do with uh, a narrative skeleton thrown in there to stick the craziness to. And then, because the age, you know, like the reviewers in the world and the age of the reviewers now, mm-hmm. right? They're the, the official comedy fest. If that's all you're after, uh, they like a recognisable... Uh, thing, an arc, a redemption story, a, a closed circle of some sort. They like a, you know, a, a narrative structure of some descriptor, even if it's just thematic. Basically, a callback is all they, all, all you need in anything, really. And and a moment where people can cry is <laughs> always helpful, I think. I've certainly, I've certainly had had the crying moment in shows. And it's- I don't know if I had the crying moment. I had the honest moment. Mm, what was the honest moment? And it was my first honest moment. What was the first Where I, uh, I unmasked myself quite literally. Wow. As in you just took it, that's your uh, honest <laughs> moment as you took a balaclava off? Yes. Right. Five minutes into the show you- and said my name was Matthew Allen. Right. Is it Matthew Allen? No. No, okay. Because, um, yeah, you, you want to have your honest moment at the two-thirds mark. Oh, then I had another honest moment. That's when it's touching. That's the touching moment. This is, that's where the, that's the, the uh, you know, I know you've been nominated for a few awards. That's the award-winning moment is when you have the touching moment at two-thirds. That's when you go, and and my, my, my dad's dead or whatever. That's that moment. Okay, I had the honest moment. Maybe it didn't wasn't touching enough. Is that right. what you're saying? So it didn't get well, me quite the, over the finish line. I think taking a balaclava off is a large gesture. It is very... But, but two-thirds into the show, I took the balaclava off again. Right. So my name wasn't Matthew Allen. Did you have a balaclava under the balaclava or did you put it back on? Well... When I took it off five minutes into the show, I put it back on. You put it back on, okay. Um, the, in the wider context of the world, you've got to keep in mind, though, that most performers don't have a balaclava in the first place. So so in your big reveal is just coming to the baseline. That's the, that's the concern there. So maybe if you had, you know, taken some sort of blade and cut layers off your face after taking off the belt, then you're going beyond, you know, the, the baseline, which is just having a face. Do you know what I mean? I'm not suggesting you do that, but I'm suggesting if that was the, the spectrum you were moving on of, of face revelation, the only way to go past the face is, is to... Stop. Oh, then I reveal my rare genetic disorders. Oh, right. Okay. See, that's, that's, that's award-winning stuff right there. What? I, I didn't win the award. I got nominated. Right. You got nominated? Yeah, but that's because of that. Because you, you know, of the big reveal. They love a big reveal. The big reveal. Yeah. That makes you 
diverse, which is, you know, to be honest, you know, for, for white men in comedy, what everyone's seeking is like a way to, to become diverse. <laughs> but it's what you need to get, to get ahead. Some form of but, diversity and there you go. But it's too obscure to exploit. Uh, yeah. But then I, that's the point in the show. It's too obscure to exploit. Is that in this show or the, 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 the award nominated show? The award nominated show. What was that one? Did I miss that one? Uh, maybe. Hey, that... it's Doomsday. Oh yeah, no, I missed. I missed that. I think I, last one I saw was Rainbow Piss. There was kind of a fear line, fear line in that. Right. Kind of. I I had trouble breathing in that show. <laughs> uh, I was just it, like in hysterics at the show itself and the reactions of a couple of people who had just taken a punt and bless their cotton socks. They'd just gone into a show. They went, fuck it. We'll give it a go. And they did not, they were not adequately prepared. Uh, and it was beautiful. It was, yeah. But that happens quite a bit. Mm. God bless them. But <laughs> you know. yeah. Um, well but that, diversity of reaction. That's perfect. So hang on. So the revelation of the rare genetic disorder gets a, a, a nom. Yeah. How, how are you going to get the win? I don't know. Is that is that the goal? The win? Or is the goal? A win would be good. A win would be good. Okay. Well, nomination was actually the goal last year and I, I got it. Set your sights too low. That's your problem. So now my goal this goal year is to get a TV show on SBS. Right. <laughs> like a little, like a liquid TV kind of scenario. Do you remember liquid TV? Oh, yeah, from, M- from MTV. Yeah, it was SBS because there was no MTV when I was, uh, you know. SBS young. had eat carpet. If yeah, we're talking yeah. about like eat, anthology stuff, where it's just and different. TV were back to back. Short films and like stuff. on a you know Wednesday night or something. They were back to back, and there was there was no MTV then. There was no even uh, what was it? Channel V was the first one. There was none of that even. There, I'm talking pre before MTV came to Australia. We had M- Channel V. MTV was a was a TV show in Australia before uh, before cable. Yeah, Molly TV. Mm, Molly TV. Molly Meldrum. Oh right, no, that's a separate. No, but MTV had a moment. But yeah, oh, I see what you did. M for Molly. I yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, there you go. That's see, my problem. <laughs> that's where the reviewers are. They're like they're getting the joke after the joke, which um, is better than before. There's a lot of comedians out there who's. You get their jokes well before they've said them. Uh, you know, you see the setup and you go, oh, yes, I see what's coming down this road. That word means two things. Ah, uh, yes. Mm. And Molly Meldrum mm. cost Samuel Johnson a million dollars from his charity. What? What do you mean? This is the latest thing. He cost a million dollars. To Samuel Johnson's charity. Ask Samuel Johnson. I don't know Samuel Johnson. The only... The only uh, experience I have with Samuel, Samuel Johnson is like when you're trying to do a set in the old Brunny and he's up the back like playing pool and shouting with his mates. That's my only Samuel Johnson experience. I was like... The Australian actor Samuel Johnson? Mm. Hanging out at the Brunny? Yeah, yeah, that was his local. Oh, okay. The, the old Brunny. And, and yeah, and, you know, like no shade on him, just a normal thing of any time you're in like a pub and it's someone's nightly local... They're really hard to get them to stop talking during comedy. <laughs> they just chat away because you're in their lounge room. You know what I mean? So that was probably why really he was costed a hundred million dollars from his charity. What happened? What what did, did Molly take it for <laughs> Egyptology know. purposes or something? Or what's the I don't know what Samuel thinks Molly did. Mm. But Samuel Johnson was on like what sunrise or something? Like emotionally yelling about, ah, oh, this Molly Meldrum thing at this is Molly Meldrum. Mm. Is that the Elton John farewell thing? Yeah, and his pants came down a little bit, right? And I was like, oh, oh Molly's mooning. Just recently, like, this was very recently, right? And then they asked Samuel Johnson is about Molly Meldrum. I actually, I'm actually just now going. Oh yeah, he's alive. I kind of forgot because I know he had a fall, and he's, he's not obviously. Well, that's He's not Molly Molly anymore. The is question is how mentally alive he is now. Right. He's like a, yeah. And Samuel Johnson thinks because of that. Million dollars buys a lot of unicycles. Do you know what I mean? Well, that's what Samuel Johnson should have just thought about. 
instead of really loudly crying about it on Sunrise. Hang on. So he thinks Molly Meldrum's bum crack oh. is worth a million dollars to oh. a charity. Oh, this was part of some pattern of behavior. Mm. Maybe some early signs of dementia that caused. Fair enough. Like I was actually going to give to that charity because I think it is a good charity. I think it's a worthy cause. But I do sort of have the amount I'm willing to donate exists on a fulcrum with sightings of butt crack. So, like, you know, if I see very little butt crack, the money is is quite a bit higher. Do you know what I mean? So I, I can see where he's coming from. You like, saw a full ass, so you're like, I'm not writing this check. Yeah, and I'm not, I can't be the only person uh, who does that. Like, that's a very, you know, I imagine a very standard thing to do. I think that's, yeah, that's how most people would decide on how to donate. So, yeah, rare genetic disorders. Mm. Too obscure. Yeah, it's PKU. Too rare. PKU. PKU. At least it's got an acronym. That's a start. It's an acronym because it's unpronounceable. What's it? Can you pronounce it? Surely you can. Fennel, fennel, See, then Is this the, the Diet Coke disease? Is this what's written on the Diet Coke can? It's part of it. Well, that's phenylalanine. Yeah. And, and this is something Phenylalanurex or something, don't drink this or something. Yeah, that's it. So you can't have a Diet Coke. No. There's your problem. It's not even really that bad a disease. No one wants Diet Coke. It's shit. It's not just Diet Coke I can't have though. Oh, right. It's pretty much anything that's Diet a certain a certain certain Diet, a, diet a certain amount of protein. <laughs> right. What do you mean? You can't have a certain amount of protein. Yep. So you can only have a small amount of protein. Yep. That's why Joe Rogan said cease and desist. Well, he was angry, but I couldn't eat the venison. Yeah, yeah. He's like, no, mate. Were you at least buying the, like, the psychotropic coffee or something? Or No, I can't say I was. I really think it was the name, uh, the use of the name and the lack of eating venison no proteins no. no protein supplements no like that's you brought it on yourself i brought it on myself with this thing i was bought didn't ask to be born with yeah well you know you didn't have to not ask to be born with it yeah that's on you i think the guy in flowers for algernon has it wow okay see i don't know flowers for algernon in its legitimate sense i only know the version that was on Agro's Saturday cartoon connection show where they used to do it as the, the cast of the show used to do it as a serial. They did Flowers for Algernon, but I don't think it was Flowers for Algernon. I think it was just them being fuckwits. That will be really sad if a kid's show started doing that short story. Yeah, it was... Um, about a, a mentally disabled man becoming smarter and then learning... That all the people he thought was his friends were just looking down on him and making fun of him. Right. Yeah, no, it wasn't that. I think it was more a, like a literal interpretation where they got someone named Algernon some flowers. I think it was more along those lines and tried to... But what kid would understand that? Tried to keep up their lines. It was more about them corpsing the whole time, uh, basically, and trying to fuck oh. with each other and wearing stupid costumes, I think. What kids would understand that, though? No one understood it. But we're talking about... I don't know if you ever saw this. It was... Super Saturday show, I think it was called. And uh, and there was, okay, first up you got Agro, who was the puppeteer was constantly groping Anne-Marie under the desk on a children's show, right? Constantly. Um, then, and, and it was very clear because she was like, stop it! Ah! Like it was like, you know, broadcast for yucks, just a little light workplace sexual assault. And then, um, but then also there was a character on there called Uncle Vic, now, Uncle Vic was my favourite as a kid, but now now that I look back at it, he's clearly a deviant flasher. So Uncle Vic just wore a trench coat and, like, and like wraparound sunnies and had his long hair slicked back and he spoke like this, children. Oh, yeah. And, and, and he would have Uncle Vic's barrel, which was my favourite thing in the world. It was, uh, it was a little Ross Purdy-esque, actually. He had a small barrel, very small, about the size of a... What's that the size of? Like a... A panettone tin, perhaps, mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. um, I can I can uh, say that to the listeners. And he would uh, 
he would have very few entries in his barrel and then he would pull them out and there would be shit drawings from children or whatever and then he'd go, oh, yes, that's the best one, you've won a... And, and they would literally win a, a packet of milk arrowroots that had been opened and had a few eaten out of it and stuff. He was clearly a, a deviant flasher character, just Trojan horsed into children's television. So Flowers for Algernon was nothing. The kids might have actually learned something decent. Yeah, yeah. All right, I'll see where you're going at. Well, you know, some, some indecent stuff, yeah. It was generally a, you know, it was a different time, wasn't it? That's the classic... It was a different time when puppets couldn't grow women. Yeah. Um, so, hang on. So, so you've revealed, you've already done that. You've fucking let the cat out of the bag. I let the cat out on and the Russell Silver Syndrome. Russell Silver Syndrome? Yeah. Hang on, that's a catchier name. What's that? It's a catchier name. Mm. It's primordial dwarfism. Right. Really? Yeah. See, again, you, you're being too obscure because you're not. You're not short enough. Short enough. You know what I mean? Right. To really, <laughs> to, just, you're not going to get, you know what I mean? No one's coming to the pity party for that. You've fallen through the cracks. You've well, what about all <laughs> syndrome? What about all my bone problems? And you're a very tall dwarf and the bo- bones are hidden. No one can see. Yeah, them. no one can see the bones. You know what I mean? Like, no one can see my results of my bone density scan. <sighs> but it got are, me to numb. There are projectors. Like you could project the. Bone density scans. If you really want that award, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like diversity is where it's at, but you're too obscurely diverse. Do you know what I mean? And that's the problem. Mm. You know what you need? Awareness. That's the number one th- awareness. So what you got to do is you've, you've revealed them. But everyone was like, oh, you got a what, what? So what you got to do is make them aware. So this is where you get the award, I think, is is exploring them. Hmm. Or making a bunch of poo and, and dick jokes and then at the end explaining that they were a metaphor for that. Do you know what I mean? So it's like literary. <laughs> and then, you know, then they can't not because if they – if they don't give you an award, they're denying your experience. My lived experience, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which makes them... That's what you want, basically, is you want to get them over the barrel and blackmail them into... You basically create a situation whereby either they give you the award or they are prejudiced. Do you know what I mean? You could do it through jokes, but who does that? Yeah, jokes are a bit... They're a bit gauche these days, aren't they? I think so, yeah. Like, yeah, I think, yeah, no one, well, I feel like you need more, more jokes. Everyone needs more jokes for people to enjoy it because they can go, oh, yes, I I understand that. That's funny. Uh, But do you ever, do you ever like do a straight set up punch joke? I haven't really seen you do that. All the time. Do you? They're just not funny. Is that what it is? <laughs> They're hilarious. Right. Um, you just uh, don't see it because it's a cacophony. Right. Okay. I see this. Like, so you do, they're, they're staggered. So you do the setup and then you do the punchline for some other joke and then three more setups, two punchlines to completely separate jokes. Do you know what I mean? And now we're talking very ironically right now, but I think that pretty much is my style. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to you got to make keep it a little more um, space, less spaced. Well, I think I think the key is right. You, any comedian, is guiding people through their mind. Do you know what I mean? So you've got to like. Be a, a, a make it sensible, make it be a, a, a nice linear guide, tour guide through your brain. That's the you know, like if you think about it, right? Who's who's the big who's the big boy, right? It's it's Seinfeld, right? Seinfeld as far as like the last few decades of like, you know, cultural impact, you know what I mean? Like no one's no one's still banging on about the Chappelle show. But like people are still for some like in love with 
Seinfeld as if Curb Your Enthusiasm doesn't exist. A better, and more tr- updated. And trumps, it, and trumps it. Yeah, it's like a bet. It's like the jus. Like Seinfeld's the the cafeteria gravy and 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 uh, Curb is the jus. To my mind, it's a it's a more potent mix. But I agree with you. But here's the thing: Seinfeld is like Mister Relatable, right? He's like, oh, what's with shower curtains, right? But he's being a very accessible guide to his mind, a mind in which it's fine to to date children in your thirties. Do you know what I mean? So like he, he's 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 choosing the easiest to explain parts, which is shower curtains and and you know taxis or whatever, uh, and and you know just not just not turning up the dimmer switch on the areas where you date children mm, i see that yep yeah yeah he, he really hates bobcat golfway oh i saw that recently yeah that was beautiful i was like oh my god like uh, there's that story about bobcat opening for nirvana and they'd hired him because they loved him. And apparently Kurt Cobain used to sit in the wings in hysterics at them, at Bobcat. And Bobcat's like in um, Chicago and the audience fucking hate him. And that's kind of his job there. Like, you know, Kurt's loving it because there's this, you know, college crowd, you know, the the, the snobby, <laughs> snobby, you know, hipsters of the day. And Bobcat's up there going, <laughs> and... And um, and apparently Kurt Cobain used to like laugh his ass off in the wings at him dying. Like it was just his favorite thing. He was basically there for for Kurt's entertainment. But apparently in Chicago, um, the audience were really not enjoying him. And and so it was just after Michael Jordan's dad had died, <laughs> <laughs> and Bobcat just went for it. He just went. He went there. Um, Beautiful. Do you think Bobcat? I think Bobcat would have won him over if he did his his uh his fish gutting bit. Do you know I haven't actually seen a Bobcat bit. I've seen a Bobcat film, and I'm not just talking about Police Academy, although I have seen those in my childhood. Bobcat was one of those magical beings to me as a child who was like, I want that one as a pet. I don't know if you ever saw the movie The Toy, starring Richard Pryor. No, I'm not. The premise is a rich boy. Uh, who gets everything he wants, asks his millionaire father, he literally says, I want the black man uh, as his toy. His his father owns a massive toy shop and he says, you can have anything you want. Richard Pryor works there. And so he literally becomes a, a, a modern day slave to a small boy for his <laughs> entertainment. It's a very, very good film. Um, having said that, I haven't seen it since I was a child. It's the lesson <laughs> that um, they lear- he learns about his own privilege or, so- or something or... What's the goal? You would hope so. You would yeah. hope that there's something that you'd hope that the the, the premise isn't uh, like that the the reveal at the end isn't that like yeah we should bring slavery back like it should, you'd hope it's not that yeah I hope they learned something about like the the juxtaposition between the the working class and the and the rich and the and the white and the, and the yeah. black and how that they can all it's all tied in and stuff but yeah. maybe that's too lofty for what sounds like a well. Richard Pryor films were basically him saying motherfucker every now and then and, and going what and having like big eyes every now and then at something and going off. And then that was a, like I loved Richard Pryor as a kid. He's my favourite. You know, that, hear no evil, see no evil. Uh, it's fucking great. But um, how did we get here? There was the. Um, <laughs> how did we get here? Oh, your, wow. How did we get here? Your eternal question. To a Ross Purdy joint. Yeah, the the, <laughs> <laughs> the there was the oh you know as a child I wanted I would watch things and, and you wanted movie, Bobcat Goldthwait. I wanted a Bobcat Goldthwait. Yeah. I wanted I wanted Mork. Uh, oh, like I wanted Robin Williams as a pet. Like as like maybe a friend, maybe a pet. I was very small. We're talking four years old. I also wanted Alf and a Gobble Dog. Like uh, so you know I had kind of. Some strange and and tattoo from Fantasy Island. <laughs> I was like that guy in the white tux is the bomb. I want him to say the plane, the plane yeah, every like, time. Yeah. Well, what happens if if a plane goes by and you don't notice it? When to a little boy, that's very important stuff. Do you know what I mean? You know, you see little boys staring at planes and pointing at them all the time. Having tattoo around would be helpful. Yeah, you know, you relate to that. Yeah. 
He uh, shot himself. He sure did. Mm. Um, yeah, so I think I think you could do a show exploring it. I don't know. I don't know if you... Explore what? Cutting a fish on stage? Gutting a fish on stage. Like Bobcat Goldthwait did? Did he? Yes. Beautiful. That's quite nice. Was it like a Gallagher-esque? Did people get flung guts flung at them or...? Yeah, apparently the smell is so bad a woman puked. Oh, yeah. That's pretty good. I, I used to love um, Johnny Vegas's teapot bit. Do you ever see that? No. Do you know Johnny Vegas? I don't have a name. Oh, you've got... you. Johnny Vegas is like part of your ancestry as far as comedy goes. He's, he's a chaotic character... Um, who Michael Pennington's the comic. Johnny Vegas basically is this kind of force. You never know what's going to happen. They'd put him on gala appearances and he'd just be in the audience harassing people and stuff. But he, he had studied pottery at university and one of his sort of most well-known bits was him literally spinning a teapot while on stage. But he comes out looking like a, a drunk hobo essentially and he's instead of like dribbling water into it like, you know, Demi Moore, he's like just pouring a can of lager into the clay and making the whole bit is making a functioning teapot. Um, there's no joke. It's just him like insisting to the audience this is going to work and kind of screaming at them and blaming them for things. It's beautiful. Uh, pure chaos. Uh, you've got to see Johnny Vegas. I think I've been sealing his, his bed for 50 years. Yeah. 50 years. That's impressive. Yeah, I've been alive for 50 years. Yeah. That's, yelling at the audience um, and blaming them for it not, not working. Even more impressive than that, I think you probably stole it before he originated in that case. So what well. you're saying is I'm the original Johnny Vegas and he's a part of my well, ancestry. I'm saying you preemptively plagiarized. I'm saying that you stole it off him still, but you had the sense to steal it before he'd come up with it. So, oh, that's fair. So you ev- evade blame. Which is, I think, more underhanded and you should be pretty ashamed of that. Well, that's the thing, right? In this business, you've got to be a little underhanded if you want to succeed. Mm. Yeah. That's the truth. They're not going to tell you. Mm. They're not going to admit. That is true. I, I th- Actually, no, I don't think you've got to be underhanded. I think you've just got to, like, largely... Well, not... Look, there's, there's definitely people who are just outright funny... But then I, I don't think that's enough. And I think it's also sometimes not even necessary. I think uh, you've got to fit the, 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 the gap that they need. Because comedy is a variety show, right? So, like, you know, this is... And with very good reason, a lot of people, the, the complaint of, of recent times has been, it's, it's just a bunch of white dudes, blah, blah, blah. And it's certainly something I hated when I started comedy because for completely selfish <laughs> reasons. It's like, how the fuck am I going to stand out in between the tall white guy and the tall white guy. And the answer was glasses for me. Uh, that's how I... Really? Was that all? That's how I... Yeah, that's how I differentiated myself. Is He's the one in glasses. Yeah. Well, I was a short white guy in glasses. Yeah. Didn't work. Yeah. I think also you, you have to... I think, you know, my, my big thing is class... Right, mm. no, not as in I'm classy, as in I view the world through the, the the spectrum of class, and I think I managed to pass myself off as as middle class, even though I'm <laughs> definitely not. Um, that's probably an aspect as well for yours, because you go on, you looking scruffy, you know what I mean? It's part of the bit. It's part of your. It's part of your vibe. What you're saying is I'm a working class hero and that any sort of difficulty I have is just classism. Yeah. yeah. Okay, there you go. Yeah. And that's the that's the one diversity we're not interested in. We don't want to explore that. Like, well, they make us feel uncomfortable because well, they don't have the access to the same education, therefore the same ideas that we do. Australia doesn't have class divisions, Ross. We do not. We are a classless society in that we have no class. Um, no, we just that's a, that's a big thing. We don't like to acknowledge that. So, so you've got to be on, you know, you've got to be neat, neatly presented, you know. 
maybe that's it. Maybe your diversity was class all along. Maybe that was the friends we made along the way. Well, I'm glad you said it because I wasn't going to say something so tried. Yeah, no. No, I know. <laughs> well, I wear this balaclava because it just makes it easier not to pay attention to what I look like. Right. Sincerely? Yeah, I don't have to put effort in. Well, it does, it's a very striking visual. It's, uh, I would think in some ways it makes it more of a thing what you look like because what you look like is a pink balaclava, which is not something you see very often. It's a real double episode. People say, oh, I don't know what you look like, but then like, I stick out more. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good gimmick. It's like people are like, whoa, Pussy Rider doing comedy now. Which uh, has happened a few times. Right. Had flyers handed out and some goes, this is a Pussy Ride thing. Cool. Thank you for undermining my joke. I appreciate it greatly. Thank you very much. It's a... <laughs> yeah, no, I've heard that before, Luke. It's what you just did. It's, it's real life. And what you do is you yeah, get no, real no. life and not realize it. Look, it's a dated reference as well, Pussy Riot. It's all about spring breakers. When were they? When was Pussy Riot? They were definitely pre, pre-COVID, but I'm thinking, what, 2017, 18? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Hmm. Which in that case, Spring Breakers was pre-them. What's Spring Breakers? A Harmony Corinne film. Oh, see, yeah, I gave up on Harmony Corinne films. After, after like, a few, I was just a bit like, we get it. Ooh, you're shocking. You know, it's a bit like a Christopher Nolan film where you're like, we get it. You read a science book. Maybe maybe make it so we could hear the story, please. Whereas Harmony Corinne's like, maybe have a story. You know, rather I, like, I, you know, watching someone autoerotically asphyxiate themselves and to completion. I'm like, yeah, I, I have no problem with watching that. If there's a plot point involved, <laughs> there was not. What's that called? Ken Park? Crapneck? Ken Park. Crapneck. It was called yeah. Crapneck. Yeah. Um, isn't that how they tease him in the film? They call him Crapneck because it's Ken Park backwards. Um. Yeah, it's, it's obviously they're scarred on my psyche. No, I remember Kids, Gummo, Crapneck. And then I just sort of... I was like, oh, he's never actually going to get to the point. I'm, I'm, I'll go, I'll go uh, fly a kite or something instead. Well, Spring Breakers was his most mainstream film. It sounds like, like a Girls Gone Wild type scenario, or a Trailer Park Boys type title. Oh yeah, there's definitely Girls Going Wild. Right. Becoming criminals. Wow. With James Franco. Well, yeah, once you say James Franco, you know there's some crime involved usually, yeah, of some sort. Isn't there? That's his vibe. That is his usual vibe. Mm. We know about you now, James. We know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what have we come out here from? So what what are we getting out of this? We got, we got I need to be more... Uh, I guess more relatable and more diverse. Yeah, you got to be more different and more the same at the same more time. More different. That's what they want. More different, more the same. Mm. You know, turn up the highs and lows, scoop out the mids. Right, no mids. Yeah, so like, uh, yeah, I think you need to, you know, and I, I say this completely unqualified. I know nothing. Uh, but you could do the obvious like uh, Oscar bait show, which is like exploring that, like the, you know, your place in society, you know, go for the, go for the violins. And I say that as someone who had a literal cellist in my first festival show, um, you know, doesn't hurt. Uh, <laughs> What's her name? Uh, it was Nikki Edgar, who is now, uh, I believe, a, a budding fashion designer. So could I get him to des- could I get them to design me a shirt that looks like a cello? 
I think I think what Nikki's doing now is a little more avant-garde than just shirt. It's more vibe. more avant-garde than shirt that looks like a cello. Mm, yeah, it's more mm. vibe vibes. Uh, and and fan almost of. almost like a, a, from what I've seen, almost something like Bjork might wear. Do you know what I mean? Like really quite quite uh, structural in some ways. Um, yeah, I think yeah. If 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 the problem is that the I'm what, getting the nominations, are, but I'm not going over the line, and I'm not getting the love from the age. Yeah, well, but this is the thing: is if if the issue is, do we call them conditions? Is that what it is? Medical conditions? Is that a conditions disorders con- disorders? So what you got to you got, you've got to make the disorders orderly. You've got to you need the uh, awareness. If the awareness is the issue, right? If you're like. I've got blah blah blah, and everyone's like, "Oh, what, what, what's what's that?" And then you go into dick jokes, right? No one's going to get that. So you could—that's that's one angle to take—is explore, raise awareness within mm-hmm. the show, um, and then you could do all sorts of interesting things around uh, exploring those who fall through the gaps of, you know what I mean, like. What you're saying is I should do a show where I'm the whole I have to entertain some kind of like entity or maybe person that represents an entity mm. and I don't do it properly and they get upset and they don't understand me. So I, I mask myself and try to get them to understand me a bit more as I really am, but they still don't get it because the disorders aren't orderly. Because I already did that. Yeah. The entity was a, a fascist dictator. Right. It represented mainstream audiences. Do you ever think of, uh, have you ever seen like a long potato and thought of it as a dictator? I, I definitely have. I'm, I make these dumb little jokes to myself in the supermarket quite often. Should my next show be about how I can't have kids? Mm. Is infertility in? I don't know. Is that a thing? You can't have kids? Could be. You just it could be, as in like if if the price is right, like I could just you could just this is the other thing. No one knows anything about your your situations. You can make up anything you like about them. So I can say I can have kids. Mm. But only left handed ones or whatever. You could you could literally make up anything and people have to believe you. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah, that was part of my last show too. Damn it. Yeah. There was also questions of the authenticity of the performer. Mm. But the Matthew Allen thing turns out it was Ross Purdy playing Matthew Allen playing Ross Purdy. Wow. That's like, uh, yeah, a babushka doll of comedy. No, a babushka doll of gaslighting the audience. <laughs> <laughs> That's what all comedy is, isn't it? Gaslighting the audience. Pretty much. Wasn't that Hannah Gatsby's point? Is it? I suppose it is, yeah. Wasn't that part of her point? A setup is gaslighting. Yeah. Yeah, right. I liked that show. Thought it was a fun show. I know you're not meant to say that's fun, but it was. Like <laughs> <It's> a, <fun. laughs> when I think of that show, I think of the word fun. Well, I thought it was very playful with, with uh, especially uh, seeing in the context of our Hannah's last show. Right, not seeing it in the context of um, Nanette. So, like, by the time you see the the Netflix version, it's like that's that's not an audience. That's a, an agreement rally. Do you know what I mean? Mm. everyone's just there. They know exactly what they're in for. Um, they could not be more behind it before it's even been said. Whereas, like, seeing it when it was just our Hannah's last show, and it was literally an audience of like, like nanas and stuff who loved her art tv shows and their husbands and like you know it was like a it was the the pre-nanette hannah gadsby audience right uh seeing it in that context was fucking electric and it was wild and very interesting and and fun like it was it was like oh my god that is very playful like playing with the audience expectations and then just kicking them in the nuts it was, uh, yeah, I thought it was very fun. I know it's, yeah, it sounds glib, doesn't it? But it was from a purely 
creation content performance aspect rather than aside from the political point it was like oh that's really audacious you've taken you've gaslit them into thinking they're going to get a nice show from from that nice that nice girl with the arts show and then you give them that luke leonard Mm -hmm. on today's show nanette is gaslighting everything is people are against this here's do you want to hear a great joke i wrote once i say great shit but i love it uh it's just that people complain about gaslighting but in the 1700s people would love that da, 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 da. Bam. yeah um yeah so luke you told me you didn't have anything to promote nothing you got nothing to plug nothing to plug I've, i i have no output nor involvement all i do is uh sit and read and go for swims essentially that's that's what i do now really? uh, yeah that's there's nothing there's not even anything i haven't written anything for the age even since since that comedy fest <laughs> i've done nothing which is kind of nice What are you doing? You're on your phone. Do you really think this is the time? Yes. Right. Is this like a candy crush? I have to do it. Hold on. Wait. Well, you said you had nothing to plug, so. Mm -hmm. So so you just, yeah, get on the candy crush. Yeah. Fair enough. I mean, this would be the time where I get the the guests to talk about what they're doing right now. This is the part in Wayne's World 2 when Handsome Dan is like, "Uh uh-huh, uh-huh, oh, well, uh and they're talking about Wayne stock, isn't it? That's what this bit is, where they're going, it's going to be a a concert, and he's like, "Uh uh-huh. Is that what this bit is? Yeah, that's what this bit is. I don't have Wayne stock, though. I have no, um, yeah, nothing to plug, blissfully so. The only thing I'd like to promote is a general uh, sense of well-being. I think that's something we we could all do with more of. You know? You think so? Mm. I really like this bit of the podcast. <laughs> it's uh it's it's good fun. Hello? What's up? Can you hear this, Luke? I can hear. Who's that? Hey, Damien. Is that uh, is that Damien Vosk? Damien. Yeah. So I have Luke Leonard here on oh. the podcast. He's got nothing to promote. Do you got anything to promote? Uh, yeah, all the time, all the time. Now, just like something. Yeah, just promote, promote something now. You, this is great podcast content. Mm. Do you have like a? Do you have an upcoming show, or are you selling anything on Facebook Marketplace? Phone line's breaking up. You've got uh, Late Night Party Boys, do a legally mandated kids show, coming to Adelaide Fringe Festival, late February. Keep an eye out for that. Also, Comedy Fest. Uh, I'm doing a stand-up show last week of Comedy Fest called Dolphin Delight. Uh, Dolphin Delight? Yeah, it's named after a strain of magic truffles. Um, They see truffles? Yeah, I think that's it. That's all I got. They're psychedelics. Oh, yeah, level one uh, improv classes of the improv pit kicking off first first of Feb. If you want to uh, learn some improvised comedy, we're long um, we're long gone from February first. Yeah, we're, we're, I've skipped way past that. But anyway, that's the most immediate. Oh, you're you're gonna release this much later than February first. Well, now you've broken kind of the fourth wall of my release schedule. Mm. Oh, I'm sorry about Thanks, that. Thanks, Damien. Yeah. I don't know how. 
What about current you are? What about marketplace? Are you selling anything on there or? Um, I might I might be selling a a longboard. Okay. A longboard on Facebook Marketplace. How long um, are we talking? I'm going to list that pretty soon. Um, pick that up from my old place. Uh, when you say a long board, is that a skateboard or a surfboard? Yeah, like a skateboard. Right. Yeah. Will it float? Uh, not not a hoverboard. Right. Will, will it float in uh, water? It feels like you're floating though. Right. When you ride it, it's a very smooth ride. So that's that's nice. Um, I think that's all I have to promote. How much are you selling uh, the the longboard? The long. So the longboard. Forget all the yeah. late night party boy stuff. Forget all that. The UBQ. Okay. Uh, like at a comedy festival, there's heaps of people doing comedy shows. There's nothing rare about that. But the longboard, you've got me. Like, how much okay. are we talking? Well, it's got it's got a like it's it's got those thick gumball wheels, so it goes super fast, dangerously fast. Right. If you don't know what you're doing, so. Like at the um, end of Gleaming the Cube, starring Christian Slater. Yeah. So it's a. Uh, it, it it's actually a custom designed longboard by this guy in upstate New York. So my friend bought one and it, and was riding it around in the states. And I loved riding it so much that I bought one for myself. So it's all custom made, everything. Um, Does this mean it's got your name on it or? No, it hasn't got my name on it, um, but it is like handmade. Right. And it and it rides really smoothly i'll tell you your tale of a handmade yeah women don't have it so well did you know that i i i, I did maybe that's your two-third mark reveal like get political <laughs> women don't have it so well look to your left look to your right I'm... those are women they don't have it so well yeah thank you and then just do a little uh, bow in what in what way like to make a show more marketable for. I'm trying to get Luke to direct me to award type uh, scenarios to like get love to from a... the age because he wrote for the age once freelance. Mm, twice, oh. twice, uh, twice. Yeah. How does this guy? How does Ross Purdy make it to the age without driving down Burke Street and killing people? He doesn't want to get in for that reason. Yeah. No. Um. Yeah, I think it's you need a maybe a political message like that. Just go, like, hey guys, women, like that. But not like, hey guys, women, not that. The yeah, women. Opposite of that, women. They don't have it so well. Yeah, that. Thank more you. That. More that than the. Thank uh, you for next, listening to my message. Your next comedy fest show has to be Ross Purdy is the world's greatest ally. That's not bad. Yeah. You could do. You've got a pink balaclava. Saying. Just saying. Like if, and, if Barbie mean, if was going to rob a, a service station, that's what she'd wear. And, and yeah, it's very punk rock, very pussy riot. You could uh, use that. Bingo. We just got a bingo. That's our second pussy riot. Uh, Except maybe he's rioting for pussy. I don't know. Mm. Right. Well, I can't do that. All right, no, that's the opposite of being an ally, right? Right. I think they I were doing that. that. Like, not Maybe in order to gain it, but on behalf like, of. Politically for it, like, it's right. <laughs> right. That would be fine again. Hmm. It's a lot to ponder. So there's Longboard, Damien. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> what colour is it? It's it's just a light brown. Beige. Light brown yeah, is called beige. beige. It's just like yeah. wood. It's just wood. Oh, it's wood wood, co- it's wood grain. Right. Yeah. Classic. Well, that's Damien Vosk's longboard. Well, Thank I, you for... I'll actually, I'll actually be uh, at Super Old Studios in about 15 minutes. If you want to take a look at it, it's in my car. I could do mates rates. Look, I'm not in a position to be purchasing anything at this stage. Uh, yeah. But I'll I'll have a look at it. I'm sure I'd like to admire the, the... You absolute tire kicker. Yeah, you led me on. I'm not here you to, to buy it. Yard. I'm you promoting it to the, the listeners. I gave you my best sales pitch, and now you just went gone waste my time. Hey, I am merely I'm merely the 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 morning TV host talking to the infomercial person. I'm promoting it to 
the fourth wall. He's, he's, he's giving you shows by the Abtronics. Yeah, I'm I'm the Bert Newton or the Moira, right? And you're the Tim you Shaw from Dentel. Bert Newton has like just a or the Moira has like just a bunch of magna wool in their shed. No, I don't think they, they do. Purchased? No, no magnetic blankets, nothing. We gave you this great opportunity, Damien, to talk about Damien, we gave you this great opportunity to talk about your longboard because Luke had nothing to promote. Mm, it was to promote okay. your to to the not to me, and and now you've just exposed yourself as a bitter, uh, really. I think. Ah, uh, everyone knew that already. Right. That's nice. You think everyone knows who you are? That's. <laughs> and that's the lesson of today's show, that's, right? Yeah. None of us are important enough for everyone to know that we're bitter, are we? Did we just hang up on Damien? Yes. Oh, wow, that's brutal. <laughs> it's me. Right. Well, that's that promotion. That's the promotion aspect done. I once met Paddy Newton. Just <laughs>